do you want, Neil Boogie? Should we do a I'll new fuck. segment? Should we actually do like a? It's hard because actually, all the news is crap. Oh, is it? <laughs> I just kind of went and I just went and kind of buzzed through all the stuff here they have on the site, and I mean, it's like titanium spur gear screws. Yeah. And, you know, like titanium ball in. I mean, it's just <laughs> or something like a B seventy four aluminum hub carriers. Who yeah, cares? yeah, yeah. Who cares about those? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's nothing's really exciting in here to really. Yeah, there is. I'm looking through. Um, you're on Neo. I'm on live. Oh, one A scale nationals update. What's going on there? I think they're they're talking or they're referring to. Registration will be open for the 2020 Fuel 8-Scale Off-Road Nationals at LCRC Raceway on Thursday, March 26th, today at 9 p.m. today. So, got three hours. So, tonight it's going up. All right, so that's something to talk about. Yeah, the event is currently scheduled to be held on June 24th through the 28th. Um, We will accept 300 entries in the order that they are received using the date and timestamp of payment. Okay, LCRC, right down the road. So hopefully by then we will, uh, oh, what's it say here about the virus now? Um, We recognize there's uncertain times. Many may have problems traveling to the event. As a result, please please be assured that advanced entries into the national for ROAR members will be eligible for a refund. Oh, okay. Advance entries are available for a refund. So if you sign up today. Right. And you don't get in, you get a refund. Is that what they're saying? Or Uh, there's no race. Yeah, there's no race. Yeah, okay. Although we're going ahead with registration at this time. Since the event is 90 days in the future, Roar recognizes the severity of the threat posed by COVID-19 virus. As the date approaches, we have greater clarity on a local and national situation with the virus. We will update our decision regarding the event. What do you do? You, do you like to say coronavirus or COVID nineteen? <clears throat> uh, well, it's easier to say coronavirus, but uh, the yeah, I think the correct thing. Actually, I was reading an article the other day, and it was saying how. Um, people are going to get tested and they are testing positive for the coronavirus, which has a number of colds underneath it. Mm-hmm. And the hospital is like, oh yeah, we got a coronavirus patient. So, um, and then they actually don't have the COVID-19. Hmm. So they're wondering, are these numbers uh, totally legit out there? You know, all these numbers that are being reported. So now the hospitals are being told that they have to say COVID-19 that they test positive for that because usually when you get a common cold or whatever, that is the coronavirus. So I would say the proper way is COVID-19, but it's easier to say coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll kind of go back to that meme. Rolls off the tongue easier. (laughs) The meme that's going around where it's like, uh, who's it? Winnie the Pooh. It's dressed up with, He's got his normal no clothes on or whatever he wears. And it's like he says coronavirus. And then he's dressed up, you know, really fancy with his uh, <laughs> his bow tie on. Right. COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. Top hat. I think he had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's a great one. People are so good with the memes. I love it. They are. Yeah, COVID-19. That sounds fancier. (laughs) Fancier. (laughs) Yeah. Also sounds a lot deadlier. Yeah, it's... I'm just kind of running through. But yeah, we hope everybody's being safe out there. Quarantined in their homes and... uh, Hopefully the family's not driving you completely bonkers. What I'm noticing is more <laughs> people are outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's like that meme also. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's like I'm driving, I'm leaving here and I see people, because we got like a little park <clears throat> kind of by, not far from our shop. And I see people walking all over the place, riding bikes, they're stretching <laughs> out. They're like, I'm like, man, it's like, and it's packed. <laughs> Like there's just tons of people out there. Yeah, you guys aren't listening to you guys more than normal. It's more than normal. (laughs) You guys aren't listening too well down in Florida, I noticed the the news. (laughs) Spring break, the beaches are packed. Yeah. Um yeah. But you know what? Actually that was like that here today, because today it's really nice out here. Uh we're looking at, you know, mid fifties, which is really awesome for this time of year. And I was out there today, and there's people riding their motorcycles around and stuff and walking up and down the sidewalks. And, you know, it's not as packed as Florida, but still, people are out and about doing their thing. And uh, Yeah, it's like what I see is people, they don't see that as, uh, they still see that as distancing. You know what I mean? What they're well, they doing do. is they're, think, they're like, oh, well, I, I'm, I'm going to go outside, but I'm just not going to be around people closely. Right. Well, you have to be six feet away, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like that uh, that other meme I sent you <laughs> from the Super Bowl. Oh, right. Yeah, the 49er. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good one. Well, I thought you think, yeah, I have to post these memes. But yeah, they're really good. Yes, yeah, people, I mean, uh, that's all we do all day is send memes back and forth. <laughs> and when, that, you know, when, <sighs> was it Richard Sherman? They're using that one too, where he got burnt really bad in the Super Bowl. So uh, they're using that as a, you know, yeah. keeping your safe distance. Yeah. Yep. Um, but they're they're telling you to get out there and walk and stuff and enjoy the weathers, you know. So um, I don't know. You know, I guess you got to live your life and not really. Um. be too worried about it i guess i don't know it is a concern but it's a mess <clears throat> actually just before we started recording we found out in my town that we had the first uh, we have a first case in our town so Ugh. yeah so that's great you know i probably saw him at the stores and stuff and <laughs> your new buddy yeah i mean one of the things here in the rc news is uh, Team Associated released a new Nitro buggy kit and an e-buggy kit. <clears throat> All right. Well, we didn't we do talk. our we didn't do our new segment correctly though. We were supposed to be like, "Hey, everybody, this is episode two hundred six of Real Impound Podcast for Thursday, March twenty sixth, twenty twenty." Joining me is Jason Rona. How are you, Jason? Blah, 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 blah. And now for the news. There you go, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Then, so in our news section. 
Recently, Team Associated releases new Nitro Buggy Kit and E-Buggy Kit. And the name what? of this car is, stay with me, RC8B3.2. <laughs> wow. So, um, Where's this at? I went to their website, oh. and, which is under Associated Electrics. One, two, three, four, five. So it's a six-character six designation for this new kit. And we, we like to go over this for some reason, but so uh, we do this on multiple episodes, but RC, RC8 means Roger Curtis 8 scale, B means buggy, hmm. 3 means the third version, and point two means the rev revision number, I guess. It's kind of been a long time coming, getting this updated version out of the car. There's a lot of bullet points here for this thing. <clears throat> yeah, new features. Uh, and, you know, this is a, just, I think, a, over a period of the couple years this has been out, all the little things they've been wanting to do. God, I really hate when you click on the photos on their site. They're just, they don't, they're not big enough. I think our site does that too, though. <laughs> Oh. It's not as a big deal to me because I know that I know all of our stuff, what it looks like <laughs> close up, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Or to me, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. So I'll click on our hubs here. We got some new B74 hubs, which I did a live video while I was working on the shims the other day. Hmm. Ah, you know, what's funny about ours actually is kind of just as annoying is uh, you actually can't click on the photo. It just <laughs> changes the view. And then when you mouse over it, it zooms up. I actually don't like that, but jot I'm that sure down was, for the next meeting. I'm sure it was cool at the time when we did this website, but I still like the pop up. You know, I like to click on it; it pops up, it gets larger. Yeah, you could do it uh, yourself. You to be, yeah, and then you <clears> you know you just minimize it or get rid of that window. I, I that's kind of what I prefer, but I'm sure there's something about you know, uh, size of the photos and load loading speed and times, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, looking over the features of this car, it's a nice update. Um, actually, I haven't, I don't think I've backordered one yet. Usually I like to do that as soon as one of these little buggers comes out. Don't they just put you on a list? Nope. Hmm. Man, it's not like the old days. All the companies got on a list, took care of each other. Yeah, I mean, I remember getting, uh, you know, when a new car came out from Associated, they would just ship it to me. But the way that the way it's done now is really better for the company before it was better for the racer. The racer was actually like, I don't know, almost like taken care of like too well, I guess you could say like they didn't really have to think about it. They really didn't have to order it. They didn't have to think about the shipping. Whereas now it kind of puts that in your court where if, if you if you want to order the new car, you better go in. And I guess the other thing is there wasn't a website. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> back then, 
but I mean, you could still place an order. You know, you could call an order, or you could fax it in. I suppose. Uh, but yeah, now I just had to clean my hands. You know, you got some hand sanitizer. Yeah, yeah, I got some hand sanitizer. Yeah, I got some too. Right, can I get keeping clean? You know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So back then they would just ship it to you, and but now. You know, they kind of put it in your court in terms of placing the order and make sure you know how fast you want it to be shipped and wow. uh, and then it gets it gets billed to you that's interesting so if you want that thing in two days you're gonna have to pay a little extra shipping see i thought they just like okay you know team associated they come out with a new kit and then they're like well jay concepts needs one send him one nope okay that's how we used to do things at trinity or that's how we used to get stuff too. If, you know, stuff would just arrive and be like, "Oh, here's a new Losi kit." Yeah, I remember back then <clears throat> when you had those new items, you had to ship it to the magazine. Yep. Yeah, we had a whole list of companies. Yep. You just they just ship it over, and uh, then they would get it and review it, and it it happens. You know what's happening now is instead of shipping it to magazines and doing all that type of stuff, these companies now are. Really hitting the the social media, the the vloggers, the Instagram heroes, uh, Facebook people, like you know, people that have a following. Um, you know, the social influencers. These are the people that are getting the early stuff now. Yeah, uh, not even the team drivers. I mean, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, guys that are social influencers now are getting stuff before anybody else can get one. Wow. Jeez. Uh, <clears throat> so it shows you um, the times that we're in now. Hmm. And, you know, if one of these new, I mean, you, the other day, uh, Axial released a new scale truck. And, I mean, the next day, you got these people on YouTube that are already building it, like playing with it, building it. Okay. Oh, I got my first, I got the first one in, got an early kit and, and, and that, that's the word of mouth these days. Is yeah, it is. That's, that's, if, if, if you have a YouTube channel and you got 10,000 plus subscribers, these guys are getting stuff mm-hmm. and, and they might not even know what they're talking about, but just because people watch them, they, they're getting, they're getting this stuff. So yeah. That's that's what's going on. Well, it's actually a good idea because that's where I go for everything. YouTube. If I want to mm-hmm. see a game that's about to be released, um, yeah, they get it to the YouTubers first, so I can watch it like mm-hmm. a week or two in advance. And uh, yeah. so yeah, it is a good idea. But uh, wow, I didn't know that team drivers name were basically like second. <clears throat> that's pretty crazy. I mean, unless you're one of the part of the testing process, obviously, but. Yeah, exactly. Uh, where this is, it's being a little bit more, uh, I don't know how you want to say it. It's being pushed a little harder in the, in the, in the more of a hobby segment, I guess. Mm-hmm. So the, the segment that's more on the hobby side, not the, the racer side. That's, it's getting pushed a little more in there. Whereas like, I know when, Element RC, you know, when they release their new, uh, you know, their new scale truck, 
yeah, I saw that's that's one of those Every, videos. Everybody else, everybody else had it, you know, had it first. Yeah, you know, they yep. they didn't really give it to any associated drivers besides their in-house guys. They sent it to all these influencer dudes. Yep, I remember watching videos uh, before that was even released on that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and cool. yeah, it's it's a different way and. Uh, it's it's changing it's changing the market a little bit and what you have is you have people going after you have manufacturers going after these influencers uh like a team driver you know they're like promising them things and you know giving them a budget and you know what i mean like they're they're treating these people like um uh you know like you would you would treat a driver so it's a little interesting for sure. Uh, I, I see, I see it. I see the benefit. Um, it's a little bit of a slap in the face to people that have been doing things a long time, but they're just not, you know, a social media person. It's a little bit of a slap in the face to those kind of hmm. people. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I get it. I mean, it's it's kind of funny now because like. You know, I go on Instagram and, you know, I see people, uh, you know, playing with cars and, you know, tagging all these companies and stuff. And it's like, like they're either trying to become one of these guys or oh, okay. they are or they are one of these guys. You know, mm-hmm. they're like they're they're trying to build up their own little brand of, um, you know, their you know, Basher Fred or Basher Ed's, who, yeah. you know new little <laughs> you know what i mean right right now do these guys have to return to car kits after no. they okay they don't all right because no. i know in some sec like uh in the audio and all this stuff like i was watching stuff on podcasting they'll get a, an interface in from like let's say road or something like that and mm-hmm. they have to return it though hmm. yeah 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 and this i think what happens is since you're you're using it and you kind of trash it, so to speak. Nobody wants it back. Okay. They, they pretty much want, they want a testimonial to, um, you know, how strong is this thing? And well, I could test that for them. If they want me to start a YouTube channel. Well, yeah, that's the thing is, yeah, you, I mean, <laughs> I could back you get it in there and you get 10,000 plus subscribers. I'm sure yeah. they would give it to you. That's all right. I'll let that up to the other guys. <laughs> I don't want to mess around with that. <laughs> Too much responsibility. You're like, oh gosh. Yeah. Nah, it's good. There's enough of them out there. They don't need any more. So. Yeah, I mean that's there is a lot, and uh, I know I notice another thing recently was happening is, you know, with uh, you know a lot of people and their jobs being shut down, mm-hmm. they can't work. You know, a lot of these things are people are concentrating on this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So now they're, I wouldn't say they're doing it like professionally, but you can see that, uh, they're definitely doing it for a purpose. Well, do you have more channels popping up or what? On YouTube? I just see, uh, not only the channels, but what I'm seeing is people that, or have some extra time right now. 
it's hard to jump right into that though right now and try and gain a following i mean yeah you really have to stand out yeah you have to i guess there's what uh jason still does his uh even though he has raw raw speed he still does um i don't think uh, that he does much anymore oh on on youtube he doesn't i i don't think so Um, and then who's the other guy that's really big in your area um down there in florida uh yeah ryan ryan harris that's it yeah i see his videos a lot on youtube there so and he's really good with the uh his videos are fantastic yeah he has the right equipment he has the right experience and and uh you know everywhere i go there's a lot of people that really uh you know will either talk to me or they they know they know him or know of him yeah and you know it's it's tough because what a lot of that is from is you know uh, you know doing a nice job of course and having something to say but what the, the other side of this is some of the i'm not going to say him in particular but there are people that are kind of kind of providing over the shoulder content that they learned from somebody else and kind of regurgitating it on YouTube. You know what I mean? So, so it's like, it's not something that they figured out for themselves Mm -hmm. and they're, and they're showing you how to do it. What they're doing is they're learning from somebody that isn't a social influencer and they're turning it into content for themselves. Okay. So it's, that part to me is a little bit annoying because it's not, it's not like genuine. Now you're just, you're basically taking somebody else's tips and tricks and (laughs) using it as your own. So there's some like plagiarism out there. You know, it's like you go to a race, you learn something and all of a sudden it becomes your tip. And it's like, well, wait a second here. Um, you didn't know this till last week. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, right. Well, so, there, there's a lot of that going on. And bec- and it's just because these people have the, the voice, uh, the online voice, uh, to put it out there, then people think that they're geniuses or have all these tips when they're just keeping their eyes and their ears open when they're around people that are experienced Ah, and then they're, they're using it for their own. So yeah. Yeah. I do uh, hop around YouTube, check out some RC stuff and uh, yeah, I noticed there's been a lot lately popping up. It's uh, (laughs) I I talked to it with our guys here and there and, um, and, and you can tell when people are trying to monetize the videos and they're trying to cherry pick topics mm. uh, because, you know, there's obviously a, a, a format you can follow and things you can do in order to try to gain views. Right. And and when you and the whole thing is about gaining views to the point to where you uh, you know, are monetizing those videos and then you're making money from it. Yeah. I don't know how much so, money these guys are making in RC videos though. Cause uh, it takes a lot of follows, a lot of views to make money. 
mm-hmm. a lot of views. And we're such a small niche industry. I mean, it's like, I don't know. I mean, maybe the top guys are, but. Well, I think. Like uh, <clears throat> Jason and. Uh, yeah, I mean, Brian. I know, I, I know, um, you know, those guys have. There's no way I'm you- making money with 10,000 views if I'm out there getting 10,000. But I think if you have a hundred videos with ten thousand views each, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, it's not. It's. I mean, if something goes viral and you get millions, that's where the the stuff I think starts, you know, kicking in for a lot of these guys. But but you got to get put yourself in that position, and and, and people are and they're trying. That's nobody in our is going to make millions. No, not millions, of course, but not a hundred thousand. Um, I think that's the goal for some people anyway. Well, it is the goal, right? Yeah. That is the goal. <laughs> that is the goal. <laughs> to not do it for nothing. Is that your goal? Sit at home, and make YouTube videos and make money. That's that is the goal. I, I wish that's I would have jumped on doing. I wish I would have jumped on this back when YouTube first started with the video game streaming. I would have loved. Like it's really yeah, hard it's to totally break in here. now. Right now it's really hard to yeah. break in. You gotta be you got to be doing something special, like you said, to gain yep. followers. But if I would have broke in right when YouTube started, like all these top guys did, and uh, you have to have a personality, which some would say I, I don't have, but you know that maybe it. But but there's people that probably have worse <clears throat> of a personality that yeah feel that they're they're uh, they're good at it, you know. So, um, but yeah, I wish I would have broke into this the video game side of it. A lot sooner. Because I love watching YouTubers on video games stream. Good stuff. I, I don't I don't even understand it at all. Like, I don't understand why somebody well, wants to watch somebody play video games. Like, well, I'll watch, like, like, like for instance, I'll watch call, a guy. I was just watching today. Um, this guy is doing Call of Duty Warzone videos. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching him because I'm trying to pick up tips and tricks and stuff like that. Yeah, that's okay. what I'm trying to do. I'm not watching it because I'm like, ooh, I gotta watch him play. Yeah, you know, it's not it's like, entertaining. Yeah, yeah, I'm watching it to, to learn stuff because these guys are good at the game. So mm-hmm. it's like oh, I want to see what they're doing, and I, and there's things I do pick up. So then when I go in to play my game, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna try this out. You know, so that's why mm-hmm. I check it out. But but yeah, there's a lot of kids that just love actually watching people play the game instead of playing it. Yeah, it's and nuts. That's where they're getting a lot. Of, a lot of these guys are getting their money from kids, like twelve-year-olds mm-hmm. that just want to watch instead of play. <laughs> it's crazy, man. I know this, but it doesn't make any sense to me. But I see it. I, I see. I think I see the, it. the biggest money, like for gamers on streaming, is like Fortnite. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, kids love watching people play Fortnite, Minecraft. Still another big one. And then Roadblocks is another big one. Video game. Hmm. These guys are making cash just by streaming these games live and talking to their audience and stuff as they're playing. Um, yeah. They're, they're well, what money. I'm seeing in what I'm seeing in RC is guys that are when they're starting to take on support now <clears throat> and they're getting this product support from people. And I think the strength of some of some of these people have out you know like the strength of um uh, you know jason snyder's videos were that he was pretty much impartial he would buy the stuff himself he would 
just kind of build it and tell you what he thought. Right. And I thought pe- people really liked that side of it. Like if he wanted to just bag on it and say that it was junk and he wishes he could get his money back or, you know, whatever he could, <laughs> he would say that. And that's what people respected about, I think, what was going on there. And, um, you know, now he's in a position where he's in the, in the business. And I, I think it, it ruins your value a little bit in, on that side of things because now people are like, Oh, well you're doing now you can do this with an angle. Ah, that's true. Yeah. You know? So I think, uh, you know, they start thinking, Oh, well, uh, well, of course you think this product (laughs) is good. Right. Um, Whereas before it was, he was doing it impartial, but I see people now that are, they're getting support because the manufacturers are seeking out these people. So they give them support and then they are not partial anymore now they're turning it into a commercial and i think that's where people start to shy away from it because they're they're, they can see through it they're like oh wait a second this is just a commercial for the brands that this guy has taken on Mm. and um so you know that's what i kind of see uh happening a little bit and You know, we'll see see what the future kind of holds there with all that stuff. But that's kind of the point we're in right now where, um, you know, these guys are starting to get, you know, affiliated or latched on or, you know, in, you know, almost in the RC. They're sponsored. They're getting sponsored. So now their their content is becoming sort of loaded. Uh, So we'll see how this kind of plays out yeah i'm curious how, how many channels are out there that'd be um that are doing this now <clears throat> yeah you know i just i, I kind of check it out as sort of a just kind of a casual observer you know i kind of see what people say and um you know i don't really watch a lot of these videos myself i just kind of go by what i hear other people saying and and, uh, you know what I was liking the, uh, videos that guys were doing, um, like I didn't go to Motorama, but I jumped on YouTube and I typed in Motorama and there was, there was quite a few people that actually vlogged from Motorama. Really? And I, yeah. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like, I don't even know who these guys were, but they were just like, you know, just, it was a good quality video and they were walking around showing the track, doing all these things, interviewing some of the guys in the pits. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, uh, that's... I notice there's a lot more of those popping up now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there are people that, that do them for, you know, uh, you know... I don't know how you really would want to say it. Like, they're genuine. You know, like they're just doing it because they like it. Right. And then I think there's people that are doing it... Uh, because there's there's something in it. I do like the fact that these uh, the pro drivers now are doing a lot of like Spencer mm-hmm. doing those videos. Those that's huge, man. Which Spencer we just had on the show the other night? Well, quick rip talking. Yeah, you guys did a did a quick rip with him, huh? Yep, talking Tom Brady. So go that's check fun. that out. No RC talk at all in there. <laughs> Sorry, guys. 
that's okay. That's what quick rips are about. No RC. RC's for this one. Uh, but yeah, I like what they're doing. Like, uh, you know, and this is all, all of a sudden it just came about where I noticed these drivers are doing live videos and explaining stuff to you, which is fantastic. That would have been awesome to have back in the day. Imagine like Ken Wald and them jumping on back then. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it actually, you know, like you're saying it, I mean, if those guys did it back then, would it just been, I think like today, today they really embrace that. Like just even a few years ago, the drivers were like hesitant to come on a podcast. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, and you even said at one time that like a lot of those guys don't like to, I don't know, maybe do interviews like that or whatever, but now it's like they've embraced this whole social media thing and they're really going out there making, you know, creating their own brand actually. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, doing these videos. Like I love watching like Spencer do them. Um, Dustin Evans does them. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you go down a list. I watch them. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why these guys are doing it and, um, you know, it's, it's being, it's, it's something that is being asked of them, you know, from people. And then, and then they're also trying to become a little more engaged themselves. And the thing is, they're good at it though, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you have to, you have, you have to want it. You have to want to be good at it. And, you know, some of these guys definitely have it, you know, they're, they're pretty good at, at, uh delivering the info yeah it's like uh sports like i'm watching these that you know you you watch these guys like you know tony romo for example he's out there you know quarterback for dallas next thing you know they throw him in a booth and he's fantastic in the booth and i and i even said to you i'm like man these guys amaze me like they'll, they'll go from playing to the broadcast booth and like they're like all natural it's just natural like it comes to them <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. I, you know i started watching that i didn't realize this but I was watching some NASCAR this year for the first time in a long time. Uh, I didn't know Jeff Gordon was in the booth. I guess apparently my friend was telling me he's he's been there for like five years. <laughs> anyway, I'm like, I, I texted my buddy. I'm like, man, Jeff Gordon's awesome in the booth. I love this. He's like yeah. Tony Romo in there. He's explaining everything to you and what's happening, what's going to happen. And I'm like, this this is amazing to me. I'm, I'm amazed that these guys can just go from doing one thing then jumping in front of a camera and be good and it's like yeah there there is a lot to be said for that yeah i'd I'd be doing i'd i'd get on camera and take like 1000 takes to get a video like you do these takes and they call you one take rona there's Mm -hmm. there's no way i could do those videos in one take it it would be disaster (laughs) it'd be absolute disaster but um i'm always impressed by these guys that do that even like you know all these youtubers and um Mm -hmm. and uh yeah, and like I said, the in sports too. I mean, it's just amazing to me. Just like child actors too. I'm amazed by that, Jason. Child actors. Uh, not to get way off topic here. But, well, it's on topic, but yeah, I, I I'm always amazed by child actors. I mean, you got a 12 year old here, just killing it, killing it on a freaking show. When I was 12 yeah. years old, I wouldn't even. I wasn't thinking about like doing a TV show first of all, and like getting in front of an audience or or a camera and doing things. It's like, how the hell is this kid doing that? Mm-hmm. And Carrie's always like, "Well, they have trained, they have you know, uh, acting schools and stuff." I'm like, "Yeah, but I was 12 years. I wasn't thinking about going to no damn acting school." Mm-hmm. Well, they had parents that pushed him in that direction. I'm like, ah, oh, I guess, yeah. 
<laughs> anyway, go ahead, RC. You're like, why didn't my parents push me into yeah, acting? Yeah, why, why, that's why I'm upset. I'm upset. Yes, exactly. You got it. Like, I should have been an actor. Yeah. I'm just always blown away by it. I watch Nickelodeon, like, all the, you know, iCarly or something. I'm always amazed by those kids that I'm like, man, the, how? Like, how did you learn this? How, like, you're like an, a mm-hmm. freaking actor at 10 years old or something. It's like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Anyway, enough of my frustrations there. Your rant. My rant. What were we talking about? I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> no, we were just kind of uh, on the the influencer topic and the uh, social, yeah, social media. So, yeah, all it's you a- guys out there, you're doing a great job. I just, That's something I could never do. I know that for a fact. You know, with guys like Jason and Ryan, all those guys are doing. It's just, it's amazing. And the quality is excellent. They do great editing. It's I'm amazed by it. just editing a podcast can be a nightmare. I can't imagine video. I just, I just cannot imagine it. Um, I, I'm sure you get used to it and it's nothing, but it's just they do a great job. I mean, you guys do a great job with J Concept videos. You got the logo showing up and it's and then you get on there and it looks <laughs> professional. I'm like, Jesus Christ, if I tried something like that, the camera would crash. Uh, my internet would go down. This would go down. It's like and I'm like, man, this is this is pretty damn impressive. So the internet would go down. Oh, my internet would definitely go down. Like people are like, oh hey, how about you do an audio like when you're recording, do live video and stuff. I'm like, well, I guess I could do it on my phone, maybe from Facebook Live. But like mm-hmm. if I want to do like a nice professional, which I want to do. Mm-hmm. And and supposedly my internet, I, th- I think I told you, is supposed to be getting better here because a new company company took over. But um yeah, I want to do that. I have it set up where I can uh you know, as we're recording, you can for whatever reason we'll watch me as I record. I don't know why anybody would want to do that, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I would love to do things like that. And uh, I just know that, yeah, things would not go well. So I'm going to wait till my internet improves here. The new company just took over. So we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe we'll do something like that someday. But yeah, I want to set up my studio here with us. Jason wants to send me stuff, put it on display. Yep. And uh, hopefully get it going. But I just know if I tried that right now, as I record a podcast, you know, the house might crumble. So. Just blow everything up. Yeah, it's terrible. I live in a tiny town, people. The internet's ran by one guy down the street. Hmm. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Down street. Episode 206, people. This is it. Yeah. Who do we have on the show today? Lee Setzer. All right. Lee Setzer. We're waiting for. We're waiting for him to... Oh, uh, we're still waiting? That's what it seems like, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Lee, Lee's running a little late. That's fine, right? Mm-hmm. We can, uh, we can bore you guys to death with our rants. Mm-hmm. All right. I guess we can get off the topic of influencers, but... Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed with you guys. So, good job, guys. Give them a round of applause there. All right. Good job, everybody. Yeah. What else you got? Oh. So we got the, I think we were talking about the associated car and we totally went off track. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the associated car looks, uh, so this is coming out to, when is this coming out? Uh, says May. Oh, May. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. So we got two months to go. 
Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, you'd, you'd get these, try to get these releases out there so you can kind of. Oh, wow. Start. This is going to be out before the Nationals then. Yeah. How crazy would that be? People are going to be rushing to get those kits together. Especially if it's at yeah, the end yeah. of May. Mm-hmm. Wait, when's, uh, when's that race again? Oh, end of June. So, yeah, you got time. <clears throat> yeah, is it, uh, it's, so it is the end of June? Yeah, June, uh, yeah. June, what was that? What did I say? 20-something? Mm-hmm. 24th or something like that. <clears throat> Providing everything goes well, people. Let's hope so. Stay, yeah, no stay home. Keep. So practice social distancing, flatten that curve. It's um, funny how that's such a big thing to say, right? Flatten the curve. Flatten the curve. Man, it isn't. It is important, man. Man, New York's getting hammered. It's all our listeners in New York. Uh, are they? Yeah, I hope you guys are safe. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Um. So yeah, associate cards. Yeah, I'm just. Yeah, and then they got the e buggy. So that's a nitro, and then the e buggy. Oh hey, uh, Live RC did a watch party 2019 Nationals final. Oh wait a minute. Since we're all stuck at home, Live RC has decided to host some. Prim- I like this idea. This is something like I. Uh, did they steal my idea? No, I'm kidding. Uh, since we're all stuck at home, we at Live RC have decided to host some premier watch parties. So tune in, at, tune in at 6.30 Central Time on select nights to enjoy the coverage from past events. Tonight's video watch party features 2019 eight-scale national A-Main from Thornhill Circuit. Um, what did I tell you? I was telling you guys in, in the chat a couple months ago that watch parties is going to be a huge thing. Didn't I not say that? Have I not been talking about watch parties? I think you've said that. Yeah. Like WWE's doing them. Uh, you know, sporting event, they're doing them. Watch parties. People have uh, the Sports Fury is one of my favorites on YouTube. They, you know, they'll watch a game along with you and, um, you know, give their commentary, you know, their thoughts and stuff as the game's going on. But yeah, this, this is all the rage right here. So I wonder how this works. I'm going to check it out. Uh, do you have like Brandon and them sitting in a room watching and then you're watching this with them? Um, I don't know if he's participating or not, but I would imagine he probably might be. Tonight's video, tonight's video features 2019. Oh, this was Wednesday night. Some, yeah, I wonder if I can go back and watch it. I'm sure I can. So I'll check this out. Interesting. Yeah, we've been working on this. Uh, you know, Brand, Brandon contact contacted us last week, and um, not the watch party. No, no, no. This is about the, uh, you know, the this this T-shirt supports my track. Oh yeah, yeah. Get into this because uh, this has been pretty big for them. Uh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he, you know, there's other. I've seen this in other sports and other things where you uh, provide a, uh, you know, a way for people to donate. And uh, so Brandon from Live RC came up with this this idea where, um, you know, this shirt supports my track program. And the original goal was to, for people to donate $25 to whatever track that, uh, they like the best and they get a shirt 
and X amount of the money goes to the track, which he got a really good deal on the T-shirts from Jeremy Quartz. So, you know, he takes the takes the cost of the of the product out of your twenty five dollars. But say all that uh, still safe is twenty five dollars, like still twenty dollars goes to the track or whatever. So uh, the original goal was to raise. Oh, so along with individuals, uh, they got the manufacturers involved. And uh, so we're involved in this to kind of match the donations from the racers. So the manufacturers like us, for instance, we chose that we would don't up, you know, match up to a thousand dollars. So we contribute, we contributed a thousand dollars to this program to help support uh, different tracks. Nice. So uh, Brandon whipped up a site, uh, listed all the tracks, uh, you know, did all the kind of the, I guess the hard work in a way uh, to make this work. And, you know, he was thinking, all right, well, we'll make this goal $50,000. I see that goal one, 50 grand. Yeah. And he was thinking, ah, you know, maybe we'll see how long it takes to get to this. And, and, uh, but in 35 hours, they got to 50, $50,000. Now I see goal two was 75 by March 26 achieved already. Yeah. Wow. Now their goal three is up there at a hundred, hundred K by March 31st. If we reach a hundred K J concepts, J concepts, it's, Jason Rona on the phone now from J Concepts. Mm-hmm. We'll donate Ryan Mayfield's 2014 cast, Cactus Classic Team Associated RC10 B5M race buggy to a person who purchased a shirt. Or if, uh, where's the list of tracks? I, I guess you could... Yeah, so once uh, you click click the link, it's actually it's really easy to use, actually, because I, I did one just... I want to see how it all worked and all that. And uh, oh, okay, yep. Here we go. I click the link. Go in here. <clears throat> International tracks are now eligible for selection as beneficiary tracks. Hmm. Uh, don't see a track listed. Contact the owner and have them add a track to our database. Yes, a lot of tracks you can pick from, and then it shows. You know, recent recent. Uh, so it works works really well. This is an industry-wide project to help local RC tracks stay alive during the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Head on over to Live RC. And you get a chance if they reach 100K, again, you can win uh, Ryan Mayfield's 2014 Cactus Classic Team Associated B5M. Yeah, so I kind of... You know, came up with this idea with Brandon and I just said, Hey, you know, it'd be nice to get to hundred K said, I got some Mayfield stuff here and you know, we'll throw it out there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a neat car in a way because it was the last time he ran associated. Um, oh, it was yeah, the last two wheel car he ran and he ran it at the cactus classic. So kind of like almost two, two ends, you know, that, Last time in the outdoor cactus classic, and the last time he ran the associated two wheel drive buggy. So, wow. kind of neat. Yeah, that is. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> Getting your hands clean? Yep. Oh, I'm, man, now you're going to make me want to do it. I'm constantly doing it. What do you, I'm, I'm scared over here. I'm scared. I'm spraying Lysol around my doors and windows and trying to create a Lysol barrier. <laughs> where where uh, where have you been finding your your supplies? <sighs> what hand sanitizer and stuff? Yeah, uh, actually, I used to buy this all the time before before the outbreak, so I was in good uh, good shape. So I have you a lot all of, stocked up. I was. I have a lot of hand sanitizer. I got little bottles. I got big bottles. Uh, I was just that's how I was. I was just like all into the hand sanitizer. So, um, yeah, a friend of mine actually um, uh, during the swine flu outbreak, uh, outbreak invented hand sanitizer. Well, he bought bought he bought a hand sanitizer company before the swine flu broke out, and he made a ton of cash from that. Now I can't imagine what. Now he's probably making even. More money, and he'll be having more Lambos and all this other stuff riding around town. More but Lambos. He's already got like two of them and a Ferrari and stuff. But yeah, now nah, he's a he's a good guy. So, um, so I didn't mind supporting him. That's why I bought all the hand sanitizer before all this happened. So I'm in good shape. I have I have a lot of so these. You're buying it from his. You're buying his <clears throat> companies for. Uh, I don't know if I'm buying his. I don't know exactly what what company he's involved with. I don't know how all that works. Like I think. He makes it, and then they go into all these different brands or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, he makes the some some of the base chemical, perhaps, and then there's other companies that buy from him. Yeah, exactly. His factory's in New Jersey, but um, New Jersey. Um, and then I always bought Lysol. I always because I, you know, I I used to love lemon Lysol, and then they came out this new one called New Day Lysol, which has this berry smell to it. It's Smells fantastic. So I would buy those bottles. Mm-hmm. I, so I have, before the outbreak here, I've, I've, I have, uh, so I got a lot of Lysol spray. I got Lysol, um, uh, you know, that you spray on the counter or something and you wipe it down. And then I got Lysol wipes. I, I'm good. I'm okay. Good. I'm good. So if anybody around here found that out, they'd probably try and rob my house. But Yeah, they're just, they're thinking, yeah. what? This guy has, this guy has got the stuff here. And then my daughter, when she was little, she used to love to collect the little hand sanitizers that you get from um, Bath and Body Works. Mm -hmm. So she had literally like, I said, how many do you think you had? She's like, I think I have like 200 of them. You know, a lot of them are, (laughs) she don't have them out right now, but she, um, yeah, about 200 of them she would buy or she bought. So that's crazy. We're all into the hand sanitizer. So you were kind of ahead of your ahead of the time. Yeah. So when people were fighting for it and stuff, I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good, guys. I don't need it anymore. You're like, how many do you need? <laughs> I got some on tap here. And you can't get mad at me for it. You know how people are getting mad now if I go in. If, if, if there is shelves with hand sanitizer and you go in there and buy like five or six bottles of it, people are going to be pissed off. <laughs> but you can't be mad at me about it because I was buying it when it was just everywhere and nobody gave a crap and didn't buy it. So I was like, you know. Oh, we've always liked the books. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Right? Fire to cannons. We've always liked the, we've always liked the Buccaneers. Absolutely. It was my favorite NFC deal. team. Always has been. Yeah. <laughs> totally agree. Fire those cannons. <clears throat> 
That's good. Lee says he's 10, 10 minutes. He's almost back where he can be on the phone. So. All right. That's, that's good. Well, uh, kind of some big news, I guess, is they're oh. going to. You're ready for that? What, I'm ready for the big news. I'm sitting down. Um, I'm sitting down. I think uh, TLR is announcing their new team manager, it's, uh, Thomas Tran, today. Oh, congratulations, Tom. Now, uh, Thomas, departs J Concepts for to, to be the team manager at Lucy, huh? Or TLR, I'm sorry. Yeah. I can't call it Lucy anymore. No. <clears throat> All right. Well, congratulations to Thomas. Man, that's a big move for him. It's kind of sad that you lose him. Yeah, um, absolutely. But uh, I think they're making that. They were making that announcement today, so <laughs> I think it's safe to make that announcement. All right. No, I, I saw him online talking about it. Okay, already. good. Yeah, because I'm yeah. going to throw. The, hopefully, get this up tonight, so I don't want to. Make anybody mad and be like, yeah, oh. they were they were already talking about it today. I think. So. All right, good. That helped them anyway. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they did. It's on Live Mercy. There we go. There you go. Yep, Thomas Tran. <clears throat> He's been appointed. Appointed. That's, that's yeah. That sounds yeah. That sounds important. sounds official. It does. Appointed the new team manager for team. Oh, they said it, team Losi Racing. All right, they used it. Uh, oh, wait a minute here. Join TLR Thursday, March 26th, which is today, <laughs> at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, which is... Uh, Almost uh, now. Yeah, 45 <laughs> minutes from now. I uh, guess that's why I brought this up, because oh, I was thinking about that. Oh, okay. Uh, for a live question and answer uh, with Thomas Tran. Mm-hmm. TLR's new team manager, uh, Scott Kramer. Uh, wait, Scott Kramer, TLR brand manager. You got a lot of managers over there, don't they? Oh yeah, everybody's managing somebody. <laughs> everybody's and uh, special. Oh, special guest Dakota Fenn. There you go. What ideas do you have for build videos? What type of content do you want to see? And what kind of interviews? I could tell you what kind of interviews I'd like to see, but it has nothing to do with RC. All right, um, 40... Oh. What's this over here? Losi's 40th anniversary. It's, the, it's their 40th anniversary. <laughs> wow. 40 years. I don't remember if we talked about this on the podcast or not, but yeah, they did a video not long ago. I want to say we talked about this, and... Yeah, TLR did a video. They were talking to Gil Losey Jr. And they were kind of like pumping up like, you know, the, the 40th anniversary. And, and you're like, oh, this is cool. He's talking about all their old trucks and their, you know, when they got into stadium truck and, you know, kind of all these, uh, all these different type of things. And uh, then I, when they get to the end of the video, it's 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 about a mini T. <laughs> <Boy>. <laughs> so like they go through this whole video, they talk to Gil O.C. Jr. and it's like, oh, this is cool, you know, they're talking about the old days and talking about old stadium truck racing and um this and that, and then all of a sudden it like transitions into this well ad 
for the mini for the mini T two point wow. and I'm just like that's a weird. So we, I'm like, so we got Gillespie Jr. sat him down, and <laughs> then we proceeded to make him pimp a <laughs> mini T two point I'm sure he's loving this idea. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, it's a good video at the beginning for sure. And then, you know, then there's the section of which the truck is cool. I mean, we made a body for it. It is a neat truck, but it's as a mini T, you know what I mean? Like it's Mm -hmm. it's not exactly like the creme de la creme of RC vehicles. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, maybe they should have timed it with a release of something else. You know what I mean? But don't they have it? Did they have a new car kit that just came out recently? Well, they're they're getting the twenty two X four out here soon, which is the four wheel drive. That's the car that uh, Dakota's been doing so well with. I think he's only lost like one race with the damn thing. Wow. Um, you know everything else. Well, he's lost two races, including the worlds. Oh well. And and he got second at the worlds. So oh, who's counting? Uh, yeah. So he was doing pretty damn well with that thing. So, so that's coming out soon. Yeah, th- there was a little delay on it, and but I believe that they're on the verge of, uh, you know, shipping that, shipping that guy. So well, that's cool. I mean, at least there's some new car kits coming out and give you guys some. Hey, we may be quarantined until past. Who knows? It may go away all, well into the summer. At least you have some car kits to build. No, we do. I mean, yeah. that's the thing is people are asking me, uh, you know. About RC and how this is affecting things, and I'm like, you know, I, I said people still need stuff to do. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think people are going to they're going to RC. Um, they're going to buy stuff and they're going to want to, you know, drive their cars and play with them and build them and wrench on them. And uh, so, it might not be entirely all bad. Uh, for RC from that standpoint. Mm. So uh, w- with this uh, low seat, you know, when they sat down with Gil, did they talk about this car, the, the four wheel drive? No, and it then, was only about the mini. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh man. I thought maybe they talked about it in between. Then they brought up the mini T. I was like, well, they should have ended. No, with, it with was, the, that's kind of strange. No, like why not was, bring up the double X four or something or well, the, uh, no, what they call no, it? it the, the video really was about, all the years uh, from the years. It, well, it was about trucks. That's oh. where the video was, is it was about trucks and they talked about stadium truck and where it started and where it was going. Oh, okay. How they transitioned over time. And then pretty soon it just like transitioned into talking about the mini T and you're just like, uh, what's the mean? <laughs> well, that escalated quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how it was. Yeah. So yeah, it was a little. Huh, yeah, uh, it's a little strange, but well, I hate that you know, coming out with the mini T, so they want to promote it. What better? Yeah, way? I mean, it's you got to. I mean, that's that's what we were talking about earlier in the show is, is these type of things. How how long was that video? I'd say it was about probably less than ten minutes. Oh dang it! I thought it was going to be a long video and talking about all the. It would have been cool if they went back into the low C day. Maybe maybe they will. Go back and uh, just talk about everything from back then when you first started the car kit, 
do all this. Oh stuff. yeah. I mean that, that's really what these kind of guys, that's what everybody really wanted to hear. Yeah. To be that, that'd be cool. Maybe they have plans to do it though. Yeah. I mean, when you got Gillespie Jr. There, I mean, and you're 40 years into Losey, yeah. um, uh, because everybody always thinks anytime they like drop a hint about something like this with TLR and Losi, they always think that they're going to re-release one of their old cars. Oh, okay. You know, like they're like, oh my gosh, they're going to do a JRX2 or a JRXT. And <laughs> and that's kind of where this, this video had a little bit of a feeling, a feel. And I think then all of a sudden it's like, it's just about the mini T. And... <laughs> So were they like, and hey, we got a big announcement here today? You know, it's not 100% like that, but definitely a little bit like that. Wow. All right. Well. But, I mean, it got the point across. I think it got people looking at the Mini T. You know, we made a body for it. It's a cool truck, and it's better than the original one. Yeah? What's it's better about it? Well, I mean, everything is, you know, the original was based off of the uh, triple the triple xt that was the original mini t was based off of that truck and and it was you know something that really kind of took place in the early 2000s and that's when the truck came out i want to say it came out in like 2000 or something like that mm-hmm. and but what was i going to say uh Oh, and then this new version 2.0, it's based off their most their most recent generation truck. So it's the, the whatever version they're on right now of the 22T, which I think is 4.0, I believe. <clears throat> um, that's the version this 2.0 is based off of. And it's a good it's it's a cool little truck. I mean, we got one here and I mean, it's it's neat. Mm-hmm. It looks really cool. I mean, you wish the electronics and everything were smaller, but because like when you when you take the body off it, you know, there's like the electronics kind of like overpower the look. Hmm. But if the if the electronics and the thing were mini, it would be really pretty cool. But either way. So maybe we'll see some. Some more Gillespie Jr. type videos, hopefully. There's just so much you can get to with people like that you can get into. And and he's a good talker uh, in person. You know, he he remembers a lot of the good details and things. and um, So he's really good at that. I'm not sure how it would be in a video. Uh, You know, you'd probably need a little coaching along. Mm -hmm. Um. You need a little bit of uh, coaching. But other than that, I think, you know, if you could pull it off, it'd be good. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, we're going to take a, a short break, Jason. Okay. And then we're going to get to Lee Seltz, uh, Lee Setzer. Are you doing that on purpose? Are you, are you geeking over it that hard? <laughs> <laughs> I keep wanting, I'm drinking a seltzer. I keep wanting to say Lee Seltzer. Okay. But it's Setzer. That's right. Hmm. It's going to be tough. This is going to be a tough one. You think uh, you know, the name's easy. Look, it's Setzer. You really have to deliver once on that Setzer. Setzer. 
All right, I'll take a, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna take a seltzer break here. I'm gonna run down, get a new seltzer, because this one here is almost empty. Okay. And uh, we'll be back. Special guest, Lee Setzer. There you go. Join us from uh, lovely Florida, right? That's right. All right. And uh, we'll check in with Lee and see what's going on. And go grab your favorite beverage, people. We'll be right back. Oh, hey, what's up, Scotty Jr.? I was, I was just trying uh, to call up, you. Man? I was just trying to call you back. Hold on one second. Let me bring Jason back into this. Okay. Um, what's up, Lee? What's up, Zero? Doing? Oh man, uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm doing I'm doing good. I guess all things considering, breaking down on the highway is always fun. Oh man, really? Yeah. Come to find out, it's uh spark plug went bad that's it yeah yeah well i actually uh i actually drove it because it, it could run and idle and everything and just it was basically just sucking in a lot of air and uh, so i just drove it all the way uh i was in bartow which is like 30 minutes from uh tampa and uh i just drove it all the way here and just kind of went for it and my dad's looking at it and the spark plug's like laying on the engine <laughs> oh wow yeah Lee's like, I got to make it to the radio impound podcast. No Dude, I, 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 I told my dad, I'm like, dad, I got to go. He's like, well, I'm just, I'm going to bring the trailer. I'm like, I, I, I got to go. And he's like, all right, well, just drive, drive it. Just don't go, don't, don't go super fast. I'm like, all right. He's like, see what happens. <laughs> wow. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. But, uh, we made it, made it one piece. Made it here. Well, we appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Oh. Uh, sorry. I'm late definitely wasn't planned that's all right we had other guests that canceled see that now lee put out the effort here to be on the show that I, I appreciate that mm-hmm. that's awesome thank you yeah yeah, yeah i'm uh risk super, his super life risk blowing up his car to be on the rivcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah J- uh, jason actually knows what it is jason it's the uh the white expedition did you like blow it sky high <laughs> dude i i if my dad thought it was blown, but uh, I for sure was going to blow it up just to get here. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we just kind of want to start off with you, Lee. So give us a little uh, run into, um, you know, kind of how you got into RC and what's, um, you know, what got you going and what classes were you running then? Yeah. Um, well, I, I kind of got started. My, uh, my dad had an oval track, um, at our old location on Don Mabry, uh, still in Tampa. 
and I was super young. I, I really didn't have like the passion I have for RC now, but I just would race oval on a Friday nights and kind of just did it as a, I guess, as a thing to, uh, to do because, you know, my dad had the track and we had races and, you know, I just kind of did it. And, uh, I did that for a while and never really took it serious. And then, uh, about 10 years ago, uh, maybe nine, he had opened the offer a track and wasn't anything big, wasn't anything like special. It was just, you know, kind of dipped into, I guess, a new genre of racing. And ever since, uh, my first honor race, I was, I was hooked and, um, you know, was like, okay, well, you know, this is, this is obviously a lot more fun than oval and, you know, I wanted to do it. And, uh, so I kind of just put my mind to it, kind of started out small and just ran for like, you know, small companies and kind of pushed, pushed my name out there. And, you know, eventually I, you know, worked hard and I, I guess some say, I, you know, became one of the fastest in Florida. So with the oval racing you were doing, uh, how'd you do in that? And what, what class was it? Was it eight scale, 10 scale? Yeah, uh, I actually, uh, I actually did really well in it. Um, we, I actually raced, uh, eight scale and 10 scale and the eight scale class was called the, uh, nitro late model outlaw. And it was basically, uh, like an eight scale, it was a buggy, you know, kind of similar thing, but it was just, everything was like lowered. So it had like low center gravity shock towers, it, all the weight was to the left side of the car. So like there was nothing on the right side of the chassis. It had um, no wing. We had like a late model body on it. And we ran like, you know, on, on the buggy, we ran like 21 engines. Like we were running like 28s and thirties and uh, we were only, yeah. So we were running like, you know, the thirties and 28s and they were screaming fast and we had them leaned all the way to the max. And, you know, we only had to run four minutes. So we had them just, just leaned and, um, you know, blowing like zero smoke, but, you know, I guess oval, the name of the game was, was power and speed. And then, uh, the 10 scale class was, I think my favorite, um, which was called the bomber class. And that was basically, I ran a B4 uh, rear motor um, buggy and just slammed it like to the ground. And we set them up basically like uh, I there, I can't remember the, the exact name, but there was an oval company that had the towers and they were low center gravity towers for this class um, specifically. And, you know, you put them on the car and it just lowered everything. And um, we brought the chassis way down and, um, you know, had the same buggy chassis. It, it was a B4 rear motor and we just um, put body mount, body post on it, put a, um, an old school, like, um, they're basically like, like a 57 Chevy was like some of the bodies that like a popular body back then. And, um, so basically like that old school style and that was called the bomber class. And that was by far my favorite, my favorite. And, uh, I actually, uh, was pretty, pretty darn good. I, I, we, I won a few, like the Florida dirt oval series stuff. Like I won like three years in a row in the bomber class and I won a year in nitro. And, um, so yeah, I, I was, uh, was, wasn't too bad in that. So then when you guys went to sort of the road course off-road track, then you kind of got into racing the 10 scale stuff and then, uh, eight scale, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, once we did that, I, I definitely got into doing the 10 scale and the eight scale stuff. Yeah, for sure. What was, um, did you, what'd you do first? Um, I was, do I did the 10 scale stuff first actually. Um, and I think, uh, the part of the reason was it, uh, was for it is that it was a lot easier to maintain. Um, you know, me being so young, I didn't really, um, actually I didn't at all. I didn't maintain any of my cars. I didn't, 
redo ball this. I didn't do anything. I just charged them and put them on the track. Ran it till it broke. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and this was when you ran the off-road track, what location was that at where it started? Um, that was off down Avery, um, by the Raymond James stadium. Um, that was our, um, old location. Um, mm. which my dad's been there. Well, was there for 43 years. Um, so he was basically there his entire, entire startup of his, of his, um, body shop and racing and all that. And, uh, that's where the oval was on the Friday nights. And then that's when we opened our first off-road track and we actually had an honor track there too. But, um, I didn't really, um, do, I kind of dabbled into it, but I didn't do it as much as I did the oval on the off-road. You said it was kind of near Raymond James stadium, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, basically like that's, I guess, uh, I guess that's the best way I can explain like the marker, a marker for, for, for people to find the track is by, uh, the, the Yankee stadium, the baseball stadium, and then Raymond James stadium. They're both directly uh, across from each other on, uh, Dom Avery and, uh, the, the old location was about two minutes, uh, from that. And, uh, and yeah, and that was just kind of like a marker I would use. Uh, you know, if people ask me, I'm like, Oh yeah, it's right by Raymond James. Or it's right by the Yankee stadium. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I know where that is. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just a big, uh, big marker spot that I used because I, it seems like everybody knew, you know, where that was. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the home of our uh, favorite, uh, team there, Jason. <laughs> yeah, did you yeah. ever, did you ever hear him fire the cannons? Uh, <laughs> actually, um, there were times when, when I was younger that I can remember that, uh, you could actually hear the cannons fire cause we were pretty close. Um, when there were games and stuff there. That's right. There you go. Gotti fire the cannons. It's yeah. Be a lot of that going on him. with Tom Brady there. Yeah. It's crazy, man. I, I just, um, <laughs> you know, I'm not, um, I don't watch a lot of football, um, be completely honest, but, um, pretty pumped to see what Tom Brady can do with, uh, with the Buccaneers, I mean, you know, just, just kind of see it, like kind of see what, you know, what he can do if he can turn it around and, and right. you know, well, they got talent on offense, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, I was watching the podcast, the, the last one that you guys were talking about it. And, uh, you know, like you just said, the, the offense was really good for the Buccaneers. And so it's definitely going to be interesting to see what, uh, what Tom Brady can do. Oh, wow. Uh, you listened to the, uh, most recent one with uh, Spencer. Yeah. Oh, yep. cool. Well, we do have a listener down, Jason. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Jason and I, we've been uh, Tampa Bay fans, Buccaneers fans for a long time, actually. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like I just I just don't watch a, watch a lot of football, but uh Yeah. So but, yeah. so talk to us about this. You know, you moved to new track location and so now you got uh, an under roof. And talk to us about kind of moving over there and getting the, to get the track going over there. Yeah. Um, it was definitely, uh, definitely a big change, you know, cause, um, just, I think for everything, you know, moving the body shop, my dad's business and then moving the racetrack, um, over here. And, um, I think, um, moving it under the roof was uh, definitely in the long run, um, very good. Um, you know, just, kind of being out of the weather and being able to race more and, um, more, you know, I guess have a more consistent track. Um, unfortunately there, there are quite a few poles, um, which I think is really the only downfall. Um, but I always tell people, you know, you complain about the poles, but we're still racing. So, That's right. you know, 
I'd rather have a track that I could race at, you know, no matter what's going on around me outside than a track that I have to watch the weather for. No, I mean, and, um, and, you know, as you said, you were kind of an old racer, you got into some off-road and then you moved indoors under the roof over there. And, and it seems like that kind of actually helped your driving and your racing and you got a little older, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think, uh, I remember we did an interview at the INS where you were telling me that, um, that you think that the polls like kind of help when I go to other tracks that I could just kind of stand anywhere on the driver's stand. And, um, it's actually very true because, you know, I race at my, I run at my track all the time and, you know, you know, you get that sweet spot uh, between the poles and it's just everything aligned and it feels good. But I actually like to run where there is maybe a blind spot in a corner or like the poles kind of in the way. And, uh, and when I go to other tracks, I just, I can kind of just like, I don't worry about like going up on the stand and like looking where the best spot is for me. Like I just go up and like, I, I'll like pick whatever spots open for the first run. And then I'll be like, okay, it feels pretty good. Then I'll just like drive everywhere on the stand and then get used to everything. And then I don't really have a, you know, a preference to where I need to stand to drive good, but yeah. And, and I definitely think, uh, also moving over here and just kind of, uh, getting older. And I think, uh, wanting to take the racing, you know, maybe to the next step and just take it a little bit more serious. Um, definitely, definitely helped. And, uh, you know, and I, I don't think, I think it helped with my racing too, but also just the track because I kind of got more, uh, engaged in like building tracks and like, you know, drawing layouts and like, you know, being a part of the track builds. Whereas before I just didn't really, I just didn't want to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, I think it helped overall in the bigger picture for sure. So, uh, talk to us about kind of improving as a racer and, you know, what did you concentrate on and, and, uh, you know, trying to get better and, and improve and, and get up there and, 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 and race with some of the, you know, some of the best, not only in the state, but then nation and world, you know, you've been to several different events now, uh, you know, you know, over the U S and, and tell us about that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely for sure. I mean, um, I think, uh, I think what I kind of really focused on just, you know, getting to where I could maybe, you know, run with some of the best guys and, um, you know, be competitive at times was, I just practice a lot and I just, you know, uh, definitely having my own track, it just really helped where I could run all the time. And like, I still run every weekend and sometimes I run more, I run during the week or like on a Saturday. And so I definitely think, um, you know, that is for sure. Um, I could definitely play that into a big factor of, of maybe why I, I've, um, you know, ran with some of the best and, you know, made a main to some of these, these events and, you know, done really well is, uh, over a period of time, just running all the time and, um, actually kind of focusing on, uh, your weak points. Um, I know Spencer has a video that I watched about, um, like he was saying that at hobby action, like if you can't hit this jump, right, you know, just practice this jump, like just, you know, if that's your weak point, just do this jump over and over and over until you get it right. Um, which makes perfect sense because you, you know, if you were only run, if you only race or you practice your strong suits, you know, like fast lap, like there's guys out there that can, you know, turn a faster lap and, you know, wicked fast, but they're never in the top 20 or anything because they're just wrecking. And it's like, you know, like, well, I still got fast lap. And, you know, if you don't practice your um, weak points, then you'll never, ever get better. So that was one thing I did too, is like before I used to kind of be like, um, 
I guess, kind of wild on the trigger. Um, I, I would always be super fast slap wise, but I never had any consistency or I would blow out or, uh, I would just kind of get a little nervous. And like, so I, I really worked on being consistent, you know, keeping my cool on the driver's stand, mentally preparing myself, you know, if I was at a big race and just over a period of time, it just, um, you know, kind of fell into place and, uh, yeah. And, and now I, I still continue to work on the, the week's points that I have, you know, sometimes like at different tracks, I have weak points or like, you know, um, you know, having a mental, mental, uh, strong suit and just having that mentality of, um, you know, that strong mentality that, um, that you need to have when you, when you're racing these guys. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, so that, you know, just working on my, my weak points and, you know, and, uh, practicing a lot and just putting in that time and, putting that time and effort and, uh, being motivated too, just having a lot of motivation to, to want to get better and, and wrench and do all this. And, uh, and I think that's, that's, you know, where, um, I've been able to run with some of the best. What's, you know, something that's a little different about racing in Florida, um, in these days is you're just always on a different condition. You know, like, it seems like if you race, you know, uh, but, some of these indoor tracks where we end up on clay compound tires running slicks or low tread. Uh, uh, but in Florida, you know, when you travel around, do the super cups and stuff, you're always running. It seems like it's a different condition everywhere you go. Uh, and, and that's something that most people aren't used to. Uh, what, what would you say is, you know, kind of a, a preparation you do to get ready for those different events. And then, uh, what's it like, uh, racing on so many different surfaces? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, Florida has uh, so many different surfaces and, uh, it's actually, um, it's actually kind of nice because it, it, you kind of race like, uh, we have new reds, which is like, like full on slick, like sealed, super high by it. You have my track, which is our indoor style tire, uh, we run aqua compounds, blue, green. So you, you're running that low tread and then you have the outdoor tracks and you have beach line, which is carpet. And you, you know, you have so many different surfaces and, and, uh, and that is, that is really nice when you go to like, uh, these other races, because you can kind of, um, I, I kind of feel like maybe you can adapt a little bit quicker than it, than someone who runs, um, the same thing, uh, over and over and over again, like only runs the same thing. Um, you know, like I see guys all the time that run carpet at beach line all the time and then they go to anything else and they're just, they can't like get around the track and, you know, it's, it's, um, and I, I definitely think that running on, um, different surfaces, like you said, especially in Florida, it's just, uh, it's just awesome because, you know, you kind of, you kind of feel like I feel a little bit more prepared if I go to an unknown surface, like I I just, you know, I kind of just tell myself like, okay, well, I pretty much have ran on every single surface, like, you know, so, you know, I can, I can adapt quicker. Like, you know, it's, you know, we can, you know, we can just kind of figure it out as we go and like, we'll, you know, we'll be all right. Yeah. You're not as afraid of a condition change. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So, you know, we already uh, mentioned that you did a lot of 10 scale, you did oval and eight scale, but, um, seems like the last couple of years, you definitely been doing a little more, uh, a little more work in the eight scale side. So what's it been like doing some eight scale? 
Yeah, it's um, it's been a it's been an absolute blast. I mean, um, I I like both ten scale and eight scale, um, but uh, just something about running eight scale, um, I just feel uh, a lot more comfortable and uh, just kind of it just feels more natural. Like the the drive, the cars kind of fit my style a little bit more. Um, I just like the the big open tracks and just kind of the way the cars feel. And I really like the mechanics. I mean, I, I enjoy wrenching as much as I do, uh, racing and, you know, taking apart clean, like making it look fresh, all clean and just being prepared. And, uh, you know, with the nitro stuff, you always have to do that. So I enjoy that a lot, but, uh, definitely, definitely been really liking running the eight scale and, um, especially kind of dabbling a lot in the nitro stuff, um, to, uh, I think, you know, before I was only running e-buggy and would you know, go to PMB and stuff like that and just run e-buggy. But, um, recently just been, uh, dabbling in the eight scale stuff and having, having a pretty good success. I mean, uh, making, uh, the, the A main at AMS, you know, running top five, uh, getting third at fall brawl, um, you know, just going to PMB, making the A mains there. Um, so it's, it's been, uh, it's been nice for the, for the little, uh, time that I've had in the, the nitro side of eight scale, um, I'm, I'm definitely enjoying it and, uh, you know, having pretty good luck and results with it for sure. You know, what's, what do you think, you know, kind of for people kind of starting getting involved in RC and, and uh, what do you think people struggle with the most, you know, based off of your experience doing it yourself and then watching other people, what is some, what are some of the mistakes you think people make? And obviously you have a track, so you see a lot of these type of things. So what do you see from people, the mistakes people make, um, when they're getting into things or if they're, they're running themselves? Uh, yeah, I for sure see a lot of people make mistakes. And I think the number one thing that I see, uh, all the time, um, just being like that we have a hobby shop also and, and a track and people like coming in and seeing is people, um, when they're new, they always want like the fastest, or like they want, um, they just want to go fast or like they, they want the nitro cause they think the nitro is the fastest and they don't like really, um, understand like, you know, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of new into it. Like I need a, you know, I don't want to, and you know, dump a whole bunch of money into it. And then I don't really like want to do it or like, you know, the, they just, they just want to, they just want to go the fa- like they want to be the fastest. Like they just want to have speed and they kind of just want to, they want to get, always get the nitro. And I always hear people say, you know, Oh, I want to get the nitro. And it's like, you know, it's like the nitro is cool. Yes. But when you're kind of new, you don't, um, you know, I definitely don't recommend the nitro stuff. And, um, so that's definitely like the one thing I see is, uh, I think people just, um, and just kind of being, um, inexperienced and, and that's not really anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just that they're new and, you know, it's just that they don't know. And, um, you know, that's just one thing I see is people, I guess kind of using bad judgment, um, coming into it and, uh, and thinking, you know, this is, this is what I need, or this is what I'm going to get. And not really, um, you know, kind of paying attention to everything else that, that, that plays along with, uh, with RC. People like to go for the home run, right? They're, they're, even when they don't have a, they don't have a lot of experience, they, they go in and they jump in so far deep that it might be, way past their experience level yeah for sure i mean uh people always want to go straight they want to skip everything else and just go straight to the to the top or you know kind of just 
they just want to jump and get to that point. And, um, you know, it's, it just doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Yeah, you got to start somewhere, but you also probably need to match uh, your, your level and where you're right. starting. And, and, and you start with something good, but not over your head, I think is the key. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I always tell people if they're new, like I always kind of recommend, uh, I always kind of really recommend a, a short course, like if they have no experience or anything, because, um, you know, at the bigger races, the short course stuff, uh, especially two wheel and full is not as popular as it used to be, but on club racing stuff, the, the short course stuff is actually, um, really popular. And I always tell people to go that route because you can get ready to run short courses, like super cheap and expensive. They take a good beating. You can always find parts for these things. And like, you know, you, people are always like selling these st- stuff on eBay and just kind of like, there's always some, something going around for some short course and, um, I, I really, uh, I like that class in fact, and the fact that you can kind of recommend that to somebody for being really inexpensive and they can just go out and have a blast and kind of get their feet wet and RC in general. And then eventually, you know, you know, go into the buggy stuff and the full buggy and, and so on. Yeah. I think what I saw when uh, short course was at its peak and, and this is still kind of going on to some extent, uh, as you're describing, but Back then, people got into it through short course, and then they kind of uh, moved over to the to the buggy class. Yeah, they're like they're, they, yeah, they sort of sure. advance a little bit. You graduate a little bit in short course, and then you get into buggy. Yeah, I uh, I see the exact same thing. Um, I totally agree. I mean, people they they get the short course, and then they run, and they they kind of like you know, get, get better at the wheel. And then they're like, okay, you know, kind of get a little confidence and they're like, yeah, let's get a buggy. And then they get a buggy and, and they kind of just move on up and, um, exactly like how you just described it. So, you know, obviously you're online, you see a lot of people talking about tracks and stuff like that. Uh, quite often, uh, everybody's an expert of course online. Uh, yeah. What, what do you think are some of the things, uh, that people don't understand about, uh, like you talked about, you're uh, running a track. What do you think there's some peop- things that people don't uh, really understand about owning or, or running a track or building tracks or, or that type of thing? Oh, man, uh, there's so many things. Um, I think uh, I, I can for sure say the work. I think people uh, really underestimate how much uh, work goes into uh building a track from taking the pipes off to getting in the bobcat to raking everything nice and flat to compacting it to getting the jumps perfect to getting them the the width right the lane size right you know everything nice and smooth and i think people underestimate work i mean i see people all the time like if uh, even here like we'll we'll build a layout and someone won't like the jump and they're like why did, why can't they just you know do this you know put that thing there why can't they just go out there and build that and it's never it's never that easy and uh i like to tell people like I hand them a shovel. I'm like, go do it. And they're like, Oh no, 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 You know, I, I don't want to, you know, like, you know, they never want to do the work and they really underestimate, uh, you know, how much work it goes into and, and the money. I think, uh, I think people don't really realize either the money, uh, especially for privately owned track owners, uh, like my dad, uh, for instance, who we pay, uh, the electric, the water, the space, uh, we bought the clay, we rent the Bobcat, we rent the compactor, like, uh, we pay for everything. We're in a park. 
you know, they're kind of just doing their own thing. They're the club manager, you know, they leave after it's done and then that's it. You know, it's kind of, you know, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, um, people always, I see, I see like they, they compare like, uh, um, the, the, the club, the club, like a, uh, public park track to a privately owned track. And, uh, um, and you just can't compare like that. I mean, it's just totally two different uh, ownerships uh, going on there. And uh, I can remember a ton of events, especially one that stuck out to me uh, when we had a, a, a Super Cup here. And, you know, someone was complaining that they, they uh, you know, have to pay this certain amount of money to practice. And, you know, it's like, well, uh, we're privately owned, so it's kind of a business, you know, and, and I just don't think people, yeah. I think people really uh, underestimate that. Uh, just the money and the work is my, is would be my top two things. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's not like, uh, you know, everybody's got to realize, you know, we talked before we came on the show, show is kind of another point. Uh, see if you guys got on to this yet, but, um, you know, with, you know, with the virus thing that's out there right now. And, you know, obviously live, live RC kind of started this uh, thing to help support your, uh, your track, uh, you know, uh, RC tracks. And um, it just kind of goes to show that, you know, these tracks aren't out here making millions of dollars, you know, and they need to get racers or some kind of income on a weekly, monthly basis to kind of keep the doors open. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, at a time like this, uh, you know, w- with these unfortunate events that uh, we are going through, uh, you know, racing has kind of come to a halt as long with everything else. And, um, you know, you, you know, you see it every day, a track, you know, okay, you know, we're not running due to the, you know, virus and the, you know, government or the county. And it's, you know, um, some people like, you know, privately owned owners, this, that's their business. Like that's how they, you know, keep their lights on. And, uh, you know, I think that's another thing people don't really uh, understand either is, um, you know, we there has to be some type of revenue that's that's kind of coming in at all times um, to keep these tracks open. So, you know, we talked a little bit uh, you know, about the thing that Live RC was doing here. And, and I think their list of tracks, uh, I haven't looked since uh, the first weekend, but I didn't see you guys listed in there at first because I think that the list was based off of Live RC, uh, the list of their tracks. Uh, is, have you talked? Is there any way to get you guys on on there? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think like what you said that the, the list of tracks is basically my assumption would be that if you have like a live RC, uh, membership thing, uh, you know, like if you have like a, a camera, like you have that whole thing, uh, set up, um, where we, we don't, um, have a membership. So we actually are looking into that. And, um, as a matter of fact, I think we actually are got that membership and we're going to get a camera set up and everything uh, by the driver's stand and just kind of, get that because you know we i we, we need that anyway there's you know sooner or later we would need that um so uh, unfortunately we are not on the on the list but um the the plus side to uh where i think my dad why we're able to i think why he's able to um be sustained as long as he has is because um he has the mindset of knowing that the track 
is not going to make him a lot of money. So the, his work, his uh, auto body work, the custom stuff that he's doing, the airbrushing, the uh, mods to all these cars. And, um, you know, that is what um, has um, kept the lights on um, for the track and the um, body shop itself. So, um, yes, it would be nice, obviously, to, you know, have people donate, but we can't, um, you know, like our names on all that list. You can't depend on that. Yeah. So, so, um, luckily my dad has had that mindset for a long time and he's always had the track, um, basically feed off the body shop. So as long as the body shop was going, the track is always going. Um, so, uh, kind of stepping aside from the track stuff a little bit, get back into your racing and just, um, you know, obviously you've made a lot of strides, you know, there's over the years, uh, Florida's always been a big racing market. You know, we've always been able to race 10 scale, eight scale on road, uh, all the different things. Um, you know, you're trying to, uh, climb the ladder there, get into the, the pro ranks category of racers and, um, you know, what's, what's it like trying to been, you know, trying to climb that ladder and, and make that next step and, you know, maybe make the main at the Roar Nationals, uh, you know, that type of thing, uh, a podium pre-race or in the open class or something. What, what's it been like trying to travel this, uh, this ladder? Uh, you know, it's been awesome. Uh, Jason, I, you know, I, I absolutely love, um, racing in general, uh, anything to do with RC, like super passionate about it, motivated. I just love wrenching. I, I, um, uh, I mean, you've seen my wrench room. I've, I spend, uh, all, all day, all nights, long nights, uh, in, in this room. And, um, so climbing, you know, kind of cl- climbing that rat or that, that ladder is it's, it's been, it's been a, it's been a journey, but it's, it's been a fun one. And, a, um, you know, one that I've worked, uh, extremely hard and I'm continuing to work really hard at. And, um, and I, I just enjoy every second. Uh, you know, unfortunately I've had just like anybody, the downfalls or the times where, you know, you just don't have that weekend or that week or like that month or, and, uh, but that's part of it. You know, I think, uh, you know, everybody has that. So, um, Looking back, though, uh, some of those bad weekends have uh, taught me lessons on what to do, not to do, you know, what I could have done differently. And uh, so so climbing this ladder, um, you know, to really, you know, get my name out there and just become on that that pro rank is uh, it's been awesome. And it's been a lot of a lot of work, uh, but I I don't uh, regret or I don't uh, want it any other way. I mean, um, super, uh, super. uh, happy that uh you know i'm i guess i'm in a position that i am uh where i can you know my parents uh, allow me to uh to do this and uh you know uh, obviously you and um you know everybody that supports me and just uh basically just doing uh, what i love to do yeah um you know a couple questions we had here um then we got some guys that you know, like Jim Hess. How'd you get to be so awesome? Uh, Thomas Tran, how much are you going to miss going on trips with, with T Tran? And uh, Matt Wilbert's asking you why you got two phones. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Will Britton, do you like, you liked his tires? 
Uh, I don't know if you want to comment on any of these uh, little. They're, they're not. They're not so much questions, but just kind of fun with people that you know, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know the the Jim Hess guy. Um, uh, man, I, I think uh, I think as long as I can remember racing off road, uh, he's been around uh, racing at uh, our first location track, and then um, I uh, FCRC in Sarasota. Um, that was uh, a track, his home track, and. You know, he's been around for uh, for as long as I can remember, for as long as I've been racing off-road. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, I used to just be the the little kid that, uh, you know, was was had uh, had some speed but never could really make anything happen. And, uh, you know, I always, uh, I guess, kind of, um, you know, those guys used to beat me, you know, on being, you know, truthfully, those guys used to beat me. And, like, when I raced e-buggy, started running e-buggy and stuff, those guys used to they used to be, uh, used to be right there with me. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, definitely been fun kind of, uh, you know, where I am now looking back and talking to those guys and they're just, you know, kind of like, you know, man, I, you know, we used to be able to run, you know, we used to finish on the same lap and, and like now I can't even keep up the corner with you. And, uh, so it's just fun, you know, it's just, it's just cool to see the progress that, that I've made. And, uh, and I really don't realize it, you know, until you kind of just step back and you like talk to these guys that have known you since, uh, since you were a kid. Um, Cletus Snow, you know, a lot of these things we kind of talked about already, uh, but Cletus was wondering, um, do you ever feel like you hit a plateau? And if so, what gets you motivated um, to, to kind of get back at it and say, you know what, I'm going to get over this hurdle? Uh, yeah, there, there um, definitely has been some times where um, I've, been at races and i've kind of uh i've had a lot higher expectations for myself uh just knowing how i you know been progressing and and stuff like that and there's definitely been times where i have for sure thought i've kind of hit this like this wall and like you know kind of uh there's you know been plenty of times where i've just been super hard on myself like you know i mean maybe, maybe this is the limit you know this maybe this is as far as i can go and then um i think what keeps me going though is uh when I, when I get away from that weekend, that bad weekend that I have, and I, and like, sometimes I'll watch like the videos, uh, like Thomas would do at these races or Paul or even you. And I would watch how I'm going around the track. And I, I actually have, uh, you know, I feel like I have the speed watching. And I think like I just that stepping away from that, that weekend or just getting that weekend behind you. And then just kind of like, you know, watching that one video where you were running good or, you know, something like that. And I, um, it just keeps me motivated. So I like watch that video. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm like, all right, that weekend's over, like onto the next. And I just kind of forget about that, that weekend. And I just look, uh, ahead and, uh, and I'll go back to the wrench room and just like stay motivated, you know, just wrench and just get all the cars ready. And then I'll just like, not even like think about that weekend, not try to talk about it. not try to worry about it. And I'll just move on to the next event. So on the questions here, and, and this is something, uh, this is from your, your buddy, Jackson Brunson. He's asking what's on the, what's next on the agenda. What do you got coming up? What are you kind of concentrating on? Um, well, uh, you know, being that the, you know, the events that are happening in the world, I think, um, you know, obviously the PMB, um, is obviously on the agenda for when that race is rescheduled and, um, uh, the silver state, 
when that race is rescheduled. And then we have the, the field nationals, which the, you know, signups will open uh, tonight. So uh, we'll get signed up for that. So I think uh, any, any, those three races for the, for the next, uh, for the next big, big race, you know, PNB silver state um, and the field nationals are all, um, you know, pretty close considering hopefully if uh, you know, this, this virus does um, go away soon, we can get back to the track. Uh, we got, uh, you know, like uh, you got shout outs here. Robbie Diamond, Kyle Con- Conover, Conover, Con- Conover. Yep. Yeah, he was wondering. He's like, I used to beat you. You're doing so good. Uh, congrats. Just kind of some comments, which is cool. Austin Homer, uh, when going to a new track and trying to get set up, worked out, what is your first change? Um, well, uh, I think the first especially for maybe uh indoor racing because i guess uh where we can start with that is uh is just making sure the tires are uh up to par and they're broken in properly or they're soft enough or they're uh not too new or not too old uh, i think that's the first thing uh, i definitely look at and you know you really can't uh change anything or like you know start messing with your car doing all this stuff until the track is actually ready um i think a lot of people They'll go out there for like their first few packs, you know, they'll run, you know, the first round, they're like, oh man, car's loose. And they run the second one. It's like, oh, it's still loose. Third one's still loose. And it's like, you know, we've only got two hours on the track. And, um, you know, I definitely, uh, don't change anything until the track is, is ready and, uh, and, um, making sure. And when the track is ready, uh, if my car is, you know, maybe not, uh, doing what it needs to do, or I, I don't feel comfortable with it, I will always, you know, check tires first and 10 scale and, uh, make sure those up to par. And then I like to go to the ball disc too, because, um, you know, that's where all your traction comes from, uh, and it's a little buggy. So, you know, I go to the ball disc, make sure that the ball disc is good, make sure my drivetrain is free. And then, um, it's the shocks, you know, after that, if that, none of that's working, then it's on the shocks and then, uh, so on and so forth. Henderson May is asking when practicing, what things do you look for in particular? Well, you talked about it a little bit, but just maybe a little recap on that. Yeah. Um, so when I'm practicing, uh, kind of just, uh, if, if I'm at an event, I, I you know, I, I think he's, he's probably, probably talking about like if I'm at an event, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm at an event, I would, uh, the first thing would just to learn the track. I mean, it's just, you know, just make sure you can get around the track, just kind of get some, get some laps in, you know, you're not trying to be the fastest guy and just get around the track, get a feel for it, you know, get, comfortable with the driver's stand, the depth perception of everything, the layout, kind of find your marks, find your weak spots on the track, your strong suits, and kind of go from there. And then, you know, you kind of come back to the pits, you clean the car, you kind of wait a little bit, wait till the track comes in, and you kind of go back out, and you kind of repeat that same process. But as the more you go out there, the more you start actually, uh, you know, getting the track comes in, the grip comes in, and you can actually start driving to race speed, I guess is what you can call and just kind of hitting your marks, hitting your line, uh, making sure your car is good. Then you start breaking in your tires and then from so forth, I think uh, yeah, you'd be ready for seating or racing. Will Britton, one of your other bros there talking you liked his tires at the INS, right? Yeah. His tires, uh, not going to lie. Will, uh, man, those tires were, uh, and I, I actually ran them after you ran them and, uh, yeah. And those tires were pretty, uh, pretty hooked because it was a three of two wheel. And I was like, oh, I'll just give it a shot. And that was actually, uh, my best finish. I was, I was running really well. And, uh, 
you know, battling with like Mason and Tom and, and those guys. And those tires were uh, extremely, extremely well. Uh, had plenty of traction, plenty of steering. Um, yeah, and I ran them after you did, so I can only imagine uh, when they were at their prime how good they were for sure. So those tires were definitely awesome. Hooked up. Yeah, those things were as uh, we say. You know, you know, the more I think, the more we hang out with. Well, now that kind of we're on the topic, I, I really, <laughs> you know, the the guy he's he's kind of a, a goofball, but I mean that in like the nicest way. Like, you know, when I hang out with Will, it's like you know he's just always kind of smiling and laughing, and it's just kind of I don't know. You know, the, the more I hang out with the guy, it's just you know I, I really like being around that guy, and uh, you know he's obviously you know got a good heart and. You know, he, and he's doing it for fun, and he's he's enjoying himself, and that's you know that's what it's about. And uh, you know, it's just awesome. Uh, you know, last time pinned with that guy I was at the INS, and uh, you know, I think he uh, I think he kind of just lightened the, the mood of the event. Uh, I guess you could say. Yeah, absolutely. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Yeah, he is. He is uh, awesome. He runs the Ripple logo too. Cool. He's a real good guy. Oh, see. Yeah. They have a podcast. Uh, Will does a podcast with. Um, oh, why is the name? Why am I drawing a blank? Alex. Here? Alex, Alex Sturgeon. Sturgeon. Yeah. They have the um, hobby hobbyplex. That's right. right. Yeah. Hobbyplex podcast. That's his home track, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they started a cool. podcast together and talking about stuff going on at Hobbyplex and and in the industry. So it's pretty cool. They do a good job. Yeah, that, yeah, that is cool. Yeah, I mean, the, the guy's just super cool, man. I just really like uh, being around the guy and uh, kind of just laughing and having a good time with him. Yeah, him and uh, him and Alex, they they both had great personalities to do that. So yeah, they're really good on the mic, good on the doing the podcast, and plus Alex does the YouTube channel uh, after hours, Hobbyplex after hours, which is pretty cool too. These guys do a good job. So uh, Scott Boatwright was just saying, if, do you have a game plan when you go to some of these events? When? Um. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I uh, de- definitely when when we get there. Um, definitely have a game plan. Uh, you know, I kind of I think the big part for me is just uh, mentally being prepared. Uh, you know, like going into the race if it's a new weekend or like. You know, especially if there's a lot of fast guys there, you know, um, got, you know, Tebow or, you know, Spencer and you know, Dakota and lots of horse, those guys, you know, Mayfield, obviously. And, um, you know, just going into that weekend, just really prepare, um, prepare my uh, mental state to kind of be um, strong and just, you know, um, kind of just be like, um, I guess, kind of aggressive, you know, um, kind of just jump kind of feet feet first and I, I think you know i hear it all the time people are like you know uh, you know like, oh I'm, I'm in mayfield seat i'm just gonna like not run or you know i'm in mm-hmm. um, spencer seat not gonna run and, and and i you know i get it being that you know there's a reason they are the best and but um i think uh one thing that has helped me out a lot and uh you know i know spencer talks about it a lot is just the mental game and um uh, you know having a strong mental uh having a strong mindset you know if you go into the race already saying you're going to lose and you're, you're, you're going to lose off the bat. You're never going to, uh, um, you know, pass your expectations and you're never going to, you know, become a little bit of a better racer. So, uh, definitely have a strong mental, uh, men- uh, mindset and 
kind of just, uh, I guess being obviously prepared uh, with the cars and, you know, having tires, I like to have some tires mounted before and just, you know, all the cars done, you know, engine ready to go, you know, shocks in the car, you know, everything just ready to go where I can basically show up, set my table and, uh, you know, run in, in the first five <clears throat> minutes if, if uh, needed. That reminded me of a funny story. Uh, we're going to go back to my peewee football days. Oh, and this will, this will, this will tell. Uh, so anyway, we're practicing and I was kind of not, you know, I wasn't putting in the effort and we we're, we're going up against a team that was really good. I mean, this team's undefeated and they're known to be good at that time. And I was just kind of like, you know, just, and the coach is like, yo, what, what's up? What's going on here? You're not, you know, you're not hitting that hole fast enough. <laughs> you know, I was running back and I'm like, I don't know, coach, what's the point? We're going to lose anyway. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> and, sure, I'm sure you like that one. <laughs> I had to run laps around the field. It was, oh man! Oh, uh, was that a terrible attitude I had, or what? He's like, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> y- you know, <laughs> he was getting ready to beat me up on site. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's at the same time, uh, you know, you can't really blame some of these guys that you know go to these races and. They, they like get stuck in the heat with uh, Mayfield, Spencer, or Tebow, or Lutz, or Bornhorse, or, mm-hmm. you know, these guys, Dakota. And it's like, you know, uh, you can't really, you know, at the same time, you can't really blame them. But, um, you know, I think a lot of people would definitely surprise themselves if they went into the race and they just worried about them themselves. You know, like if they just, they didn't look at like who else was on the stand, if they just worried about, you know, okay, I want to do, I want to do this. Like, I don't, you know, I don't care about who's in the heat. Like, I just want to, you know, this is what I want to do for myself. You know, I want to, uh, you know, maybe move up two spots than I did the last round or have a faster lap and a time. Or, you know, I think people get so caught up in the, um, in the names, uh, you know, like who's racing with them, which, you know, it, it's hard not to. Um, but um, it's just something that I've learned, uh, you know, because I used to do it. I used, I used to be the same way. I just get so caught up with who I'm racing with. And then I would already ruin my run. And, uh, you know, and it, I just having that strong mindset, I think it's just a big, big part of racing in general or anything you do in life for, you know, for that matter. Yeah, absolutely. And just for the record, we, we did uh, play that game and got crushed. So my point was proven. Oh, <laughs> oh man. My, you, you didn't want to go point. in and do, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that would win. Oh, really, really. oh man. Yeah, we got crushed. So I was like, see, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, half the time, uh, <laughs> you know, half the time you'll probably edit this out, but half the time the guys do get crushed. But you know what? Oh, we're not going to edit it out. We're keeping that in there. Oh, cool. <laughs> All right, so we'll get. No. I, I got Lee going to tell two stories. I'm going to no. get him to tell two stories, and then um, he can give a shout out to everybody, and then we can be done. But uh, yeah, the two stories I was going to talk about was one Lee. Um, the one you're talking about where we were at the INS and, um, and this talks about, you know, you're racing with the big boys and everything. And you're talking about, you know, Mayfield came up on you and then like he got by you and then like, (laughs) uh, he made a little mistake and you're like, Oh man, I know this guy is gonna, he's gonna, he's like, I'm preparing. He's going to yell at me because I was in his way or something. (laughs) So, uh, and then you're like, well, he didn't, he didn't yell at me, and but you were like preparing for it. So talk about how you were like, like 
you're preparing for this big race moment where you're finally going to get um, your, you know, one of the top drivers was going to chew you out. Yeah. I, you know, we still talk, me and you still talk to, about the story to this day, but uh, the INS finals at beach uh, and a qualifier Mayfield came up on me and, uh, and it was on the left side of the track. There was like this kind of big roller. Um, and I just, uh, I just didn't give him, um, you know, I, I gave him room, but I, you know, what you tell me is, um, you know, they're coming up, you know, on you so quick that they, you actually need to give him room a little bit then a little bit before than when you think you need to give him room. And, uh, I gave him room, he got by, but he turned and stuffed into the pipe and then I just kept going. And like, as soon as that moment happened in my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, this is it. This is like. <laughs> I'm about to get yelled at by Mayfield. Like, this is the big moment. Like I'm like, I I was already preparing myself for just total being chewed out, uh, by one of the best. And, uh, (laughs) you know, and I, I'm like the whole race, like I, I, I was focused racing, but I was like, I was like, all right, well, um, you know, one minute left, you know, just, you know, just hold it together. And, uh, you know, we'll kind of just keep the head down when we walk off the stand. You're like, maybe I can hop off the stand over this way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when the race is over, I like kind of look back and Mayfield's walking behind me and I'm just like, Oh yeah, here, here we go. This is it. Uh, you know, he like, didn't say, didn't say one thing to me. And then, uh, I was kind of shocked. Like I, and then I told Jason, I know he was watching. I told him like, I was like, man, I really thought Mayfield was going to yell at me. And I was like, so prepared, like, and, uh, you know, so ready to just, you know, to have that moment because I, you know, I feel like all these up and coming guys have had that moment where, you know, maybe a cab or, you know, just one of these guys just, you know, in the moment, heat of the moment, just kind of, you know, yell at you. And, uh, and I, for sure, I have not had that moment yet, but I, for sure, uh, definitely thought that was it. And, uh, <laughs> I, I know it sounds really weird, but I, I told Jason, I was kind of looking forward to it. Like I was just kind of like, oh. kind of like, yeah, I don't it. know. It was just, I, yeah. Like I kind of <laughs> made it. I was just like ready. I was like, I was like, Oh, I'm like, I'm mean, sorry, Mayfield, but you know, I'm kind of like, you know, maybe this is it. Like, you know, I've, you know, I can check this off my list. <laughs> I know um, a funny story that Dakota, I was talking to him about one day was when, um, you know, he kind of had that moment with uh, the Ryans where they got mad at him. And uh, I remember Mayfield telling me about it is, you know, uh, something happened during the race. Mayfield kind of went to Dakota and was going to, he said something to him and Dakota went right back at him and he's like, Hey, no F you. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, I remember Mayfield telling me in the pits, he's like, yeah, he's, he told me F you. And I was like, hmm, okay. Wow. I was like, huh? you know, like, all right. Then. <laughs> he's like, yeah. he's like, all right. He, he's got a little something like he was, it, it was like, he was totally um, having just a funny moment about it. Like, all right, you know, he told me, he told me what he wanted to say and uh, I'm good with that. Like, oh. you know, he, uh, Sometimes you got a bully funny. to bully. Yeah. Yeah. He, he said, he's like, yeah, Dakota's like, no, F you. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, okay, that's it. Yeah. You know, got his respect. He's like, he's like, yep. He's like, yep. He's, uh, he's got my respect now. So anyway, yeah, it was, uh, and then, um, you know, the other thing I was going to say with Lee was uh, one thing I thought was kind of cool was um, you know, we were at the Roar Nationals last year for electric. And I remember um, after the race was over, 
uh, Ty was out there practicing, and I remember uh, him letting Lee drive his car and everything. And, you know, to some extent, I was like, you know what, these guys have come a long way because, you know, you're, um, you know, just a, you know, a racer coming from Florida trying to show what you got and trying to get better. And, you know, at the end of the race, you got guys like, you know, Ty Tessman, there's like, yeah, take my car for a spin, see how you like it, you know? And it's like kind of cool in a way because, you know, you're, you're earning the, like, you know, it goes back to earning these guys respect, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, I'm about ready to get yelled at by one of the best I'm ready for it. And then, you know, <laughs> um, then the next thing is in one of these guys is letting you drive their car and, you know, this is the ladder, right? This is, you, and it's the same thing like, you know, the story with Dakota and Mayfield where, you know, you, you go up the ladder here and then, you know, you start to earn some respect and, um, and, uh, then, uh, you know, see that you're driving Ty's cars and, I was like, man, that's pretty cool, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I, I actually um, remember that uh, that time perfectly, and uh, I was actually up there driving my own car, and uh, Ty comes over. He's like, uh, he's like, hey, you uh, you want to drive my car? And I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? And then uh, you know, his dad was there, and uh, I know like Mark was there, and uh, Ty's like watching, and then uh, I was driving, and you know, I, I felt like I was doing pretty good, and so I you know ran like five minutes, handed back to Ty, and. Uh, I, ever since then, uh, we've kind of actually, uh, kind of developed, like, I guess you can say this, he's kind of developed this like respect, uh, friendship type thing. I mean, uh, I can, um, I, I know you've seen, you know, when like I go up to Ty or like, you know, I just bust his balls, you know, I just give him like such a hard time and he kind of does the same to me. And like, we kind of just do this, like, uh, these, this, these friendly, like rivalry type things, uh, that I do with Ty and, uh, you know, yeah, I totally agree. You know, it's just, it's just super cool. Like, you know, when you look back at it, it's like, you know, these guys, you know, like then, you know, I never talked to these guys and these guys never really knew, knew of me. And, uh, you know, now it's just kind of have a little bit of, uh, I guess a little bit of, uh, respect from some of them. And it's uh, pretty, pretty, pretty awesome. Well, so give us a, a shout out here on all your, uh, your sponsors, uh, obviously your track, your parents, your brother, uh, all the people that help you back there. And, uh, you know, let's give a little shout out. Yeah. I like to, uh, thank, uh, team associated, uh, Reedy power, uh, J concepts, uh, my mom and dad over at, uh, SS raceway, um, Sandwall, um, stick it one, um, BP power master, OS engines, uh, factory team, kicker audio, Makita tools, and, uh, you know, all the people that support me and, uh, you know, big, big thanks uh, for you guys for having me on. It was a, a awesome pleasure and a real honor. And, uh, thank you to Jason who's, uh, helped me out in uh, absolutely more ways than one. And I definitely would not be here in this position if it wasn't for him and, uh, Brent Delkey and, uh, you know, he's helped me out a bunch this year and uh, last year and just always, uh, you know, been there when I needed him and, uh, yeah, all the friends, Jackson, uh, you know, we always, uh, FaceTime and we kind of just talk set up. And so we're always pushing, uh, ourselves to get better, me, me and him. And, uh, you know, even Spencer, uh, you know, I might not be as super close to those guys as, uh, you know, maybe Jackson, but, uh, you know, Spencer's, uh, been helpful and, uh, you know, we've, uh, shared some laughs and have some good memories. So just, uh, yeah, thanks to, uh, all my friends and, uh, you know, people that support me at the track and, uh, you know, root for me. So if, uh, if they want to come race at Setzer's, when you guys, uh, you know, barring there's not this world, 
uh, pandemic thing going on? What are the race days and where exactly are you located? Yeah, so the uh, the race days are every Sunday, and we are on uh, 6811 East Broadway, uh, Tampa, Florida. And, uh, um, yeah, can't, can't really miss it. There's a sign on the fence that says SS Hobbies and Raceway and, uh, you know, big, big square building. And, yeah, and uh, we race every Sunday, obviously, you know, permitting uh, virus or weather conditions. But, uh, yeah. And then uh, I, there was something else I was going to ask you, but I think that was mostly it. Oh, on uh, social social media, uh, tell us what the social media page is for uh, the track and for yourself. Yeah, so the uh, on Facebook we have the social media page for for the track is SS Hobbies and Raceway, and it uh, should pull right up. And then uh, for myself, I have an Instagram and a Facebook. It's just Lee Setzer. And uh, should pop right up, be the first thing, and uh, and yeah, give me give me a follow. And uh, if anybody has any questions, just feel free to shoot me a message on e- either one. And uh, did he pick up any new sponsors while we were on the uh, podcast here, Gotti? Uh, Radio Impound Podcast. Yeah, they informed me that they're sponsoring Lee. Yeah, Radio okay. Impound Podcast. Yeah, I you know I actually have a. Uh, the stickers that uh, huh? Jason got me some stickers from Stick It One and uh, got the RIP sticker on there for the new bodies. Oh, fantastic. Thank you very much. Yep. Appreciate Look that. At that. <laughs> yeah, cool. it's uh, definitely a, an honor to uh, be on here and uh, super, super grateful uh, for you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. Appreciate it. All right, Lee, we'll get back to doing your thing. We're going to go get some dinner and um, keep us up to date, man. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. We'll see you. Take care. Yep. Yep. Bye. Lee Setzer dropping off. You know what's weird is my cell phone had him on. Huh? Is that is that possible? I have no idea. What do you mean? Like my, like my cell phone? <laughs> like the call. The call was going through my cell phone. Huh strange i have no i have no idea neither do i i don't i don't know i uh yeah i don't know we were on skype okay well <laughs> i have no it's really weird oh well like okay. i looked down on my phone and it's like active like uh, huh i'm like okay all right well hopefully it all works out sounded good to me all right, guys, thanks for joining us on episode 206. I hope everybody is, uh, you know, to all our listeners, not just here in the U.S., all around the world, I hope everybody's safe. And uh, hopefully we get back to uh, racing and then all my sporting events, and hopefully, you know, things get back to normal soon. So isn't that right, Jason? Absolutely. All right, we're going to head on out. We appreciate everybody joining us. And then we're going to try and get some more episodes out for you this week. Well, it's the end of the week now, but, you know, next week. Yeah. Everybody's quarantined, so we're trying to provide some entertainment for you. We'll be here. All right, guys. We'll catch you on the next one. See ya.